Adams, it's time to do a quick checklist just to get it into the cave. Can we check your shields? Are they down? Check. Your armors? Check. Down. Now it's time to dive to the cave. This is Adam's Cave. For Eves, welcome on board. It's always a pleasure to have you join in the conversation and be standing there right by your men. For a new guest, Adam's Cave is a space where we discuss matters affecting men and the people that these men love so dearly and passionately. And I know you are loved. So we are candid, concise, and clear in the conversation. I'm your host, Casey Jakeprotich. It's always a joy to have you in the cave. For those who are joining us, our lines of engagement remain 20933 or 0717-400555. Or just a comment section at Hop FM or Hop TV YouTube pages. And be very, very happy to hear from you. We recently discussed a very interesting topic, finishing strong with Bishop Oginde. One of the items that was so fascinating was the story of King Uzziah. And let me quote for you. It says, when he was strong, that's Adam, that is King Uzziah, when King Uzziah was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. He was unfaithful to the Lord, his God, and he entered the table of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of the incense. Now listen to that story. He's a king, and he's gone in to offer sacrifice into the altar. So today we consider the topic, pitfall of a prideful heart. Pitfall of a prideful heart. And again, it's my joy to have and privilege to bring in a man, great talented worship leader, is an amazing expositor of the word. And is always a pastor at, uh, with a great passion for men and a senior pastor at Sitamburuburu, Reverend Jesse Mwai. Always to have you great. Thank Karibu. you. Thank, thank you, Kissinger. Yes. Always a pleasure to be here. Yes. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you. We enjoyed the conversation that we yes. had yes. last time. Yes. As we considered all these men that yes. we looked at in the Bible, yes. Samson, yes. Yeah. riddles, yeah. <laughs> secrets. Riddles and secrets. Yeah. <laughs> that was an amazing one. Yeah. But then this conversation that we, we talked about in the introduction. Yes. King Uzziah. Yeah. I thought he was, did a good thing. Yes. Because amazingly, the Bible says yeah, King Uzziah done amazing things. He yes. Great. Yes. Yes. He had innovated things. Yeah. Amazing yeah. leader. Yeah. But because of his pride, he felt he was able to go to yeah. the temple and offer yeah. incense. Yes, yes, yes. Why would God punish a man for being so good to you, him? You, you, you know, the Bible says that um, men look at the outward, but yes. God looks at the heart. Okay. So sometimes, you, in our estimation, you can look at somebody and you think they're actually doing very well because they're doing all the right things according to what we think is right. But God really considers the heart. It is only God sees that which we do not see. So sometimes, in the Bible, you find God judging somebody but in your estimation, you're thinking, no, this is a bit too much, you know, but it's God, because God is a just God. So he will not judge anybody wrongly or unjustly. It's because there's something wrong somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it all goes back to the heart. Um, I used to preach a sermon that I entitled, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart, mm -hmm. right? In other, the main thing is really a matter of the heart, the condition of the heart. So you can actually look good religious on the outside, but on, on the inside, maybe your heart is even far away from the Lord, right? So that's why sometimes you find in the Bible, things happen like those that we really do not understand. Mm. Yeah. You know, Reverend, I'm sure other people could be finding this conversation very difficult. Yeah. Because when you walk in, you don't have a pridometer. No. You can say, hey, hey boss, that's the thing. it's yeah. going up. <laughs> Keep it down. Yes. So how do you know you're proud? That's, that's, that's <laughs> a hard question. I mean, that's a difficult question. How do you... Uh, know that you're proud? How do you measure your own pride? And what have you? And by the way, the thing is that every one of us, we've struggled with pride, all right? And even just the average person, I think it's a daily struggle. It's a lifelong struggle. We will always struggle with, with that thing we call 
you know, pride. But I think maybe just um, keeping a very close relationship with the Lord in prayer in the Word, I think helps us to check our pride. Uh, being in fellowship with others, you know, interacting with other people helps us to check our pride. Uh, interacting with our loved ones, you know, if you're married, for example, if you're a man and you have a spouse, you know, our, our wives also really help us to check our own pride because, you know, they, because they love you so much, so they're, they're the only people who can actually tell you the truth. You know, everybody can flatter you, but your spouse or somebody who's intimate with you will always tell you the truth. They will point out. But of course, as men, you know, we sometimes don't want to even to hear that. But the truth of the matter is this, God uses our wives sometimes to also keep us, keep us in check. I think just with those few basic, um, you know, things that we can do, but also I think the Holy Spirit in us. If we are keen enough to listen to the Holy Spirit, I think when pride really begins to take over our lives, I think there's that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Nobody else may hear it around, but you know it is there. The Spirit of God is telling you, um, you need to slow down. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this thing that is happening, you know. So I think just that, and that sense of willingness to be corrected, I think is very critical and very important. Wow. Yeah. Now, just say that I remembered a story, I think it was Bishop Callisto who shared it about yeah. this guy in church who was so amazing yeah. that the elders just loved the man yes. and gave him a trophy for being the most humble man yes. <laughs> in church. And the following yeah. day, the guy came back to church again wearing a yes. most humble guy. Yes. He took it back. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, sometimes we normally say that sometimes we are, I, I, I'm proud to be humble. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, so pride is it's a very tricky thing. It's a very... Uh, one of those very dicey things that we all struggle with, mm. you know, because sometimes the moment you actually recognize that you're humble, that is pride, isn't it? <laughs> the moment yes. I recognize that, hey, by the way, I'm humble, that in itself is actually, <laughs> is that, if you really think about it, yes. because humility is one of those things that it doesn't announce itself. Mm. Yeah, humility does not announce itself. I mean, it's just something that is God works in us. And uh, for truly humble people, they don't even know they're walking in humility. Mm. Yeah. No, Reverend, it really bothers to yeah. hear yeah. that pride can be a pitfall. Yes. Because I say that because, again, I think the story that you said of King Uzziah, yeah. the man had done amazing things. Yes. He done very well. Yes, yes. But pride Just comes pride in. Comes in yeah. But yeah. I think it also comes in with success. I mean, yes. It's yes. When, you're, yes. when you've achieved, I mean, yes. why can't I celebrate yes. my achievement? Yeah. The thing is this. I, I think we've had this conversation before. Mm. Men, we have what we call an ego. Okay. Right? I mean, we are created like that's how we are wired. Men are egoistic by nature. We, th that's who we are. It's not something that is out of tune. It's just who we are. The problem with that ego is that sometimes it can push us into a place of pride and arrogance. You know, uh, arrogance is extreme uh, pride. You know, without us really realizing it. Because no man wants to feel like a failure. No man wants to be humiliated. All of us want to look and feel successful. As, a, as men, we take pride in our work. We take pride with, in our families. We take pride in, in, in that I'm a man, you know. Uh, so there's an ego inside of us. And as I said, really, the problem is not so much the ego. It's just that me as a man, I must learn to manage my own ego. But when that ego is not kept in check the way it's supposed to be kept in check, especially by the power of the Holy Spirit in us and me allowing the Holy Spirit to really lead me and guide me as a man of God, then it can actually take over my life and, and I end up in that place of, of ego and that place of pride. And, and like you've mentioned, especially sometimes as God blesses you and you begin achieving certain things, 
You know, maybe you're successful financially. Maybe you're successful in your family. You have a great family. You have a big position, maybe. You know, you've just been appointed into some big office and what of you. Uh, maybe in the community, people recognize you. They know you. Your name means something. You know, when they mention your second name, everybody pays attention. And those kind of things, they're good. They're blessings, of course, because they help us to accomplish God's purposes. But we must be careful because those things can actually push us to that place of, of pride. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with position. There's nothing wrong with wealth and power and all those things. But I believe God gives us those things so that we can accomplish certain uh, purposes that he has created for us to be able to accomplish. The only thing is that I must learn to manage my own life. Because here's the thing, uh, Kissinger, that... Pride, you know, the Bible says actually the book of James, the epistle of James, that, that God resists the proud uh, but gives grace to the humble. Oh, yes. You know, pride uh, is, is one of those things that can be very painful to deal with later in life because, uh, you know, also we, we, we say that, that pride goes before fall because eventually you will fall. Position, power, wealth, accomplishments, all these things come and they go, you know? I mean, you can be a very powerful person today, but that tomorrow, that position may actually go, and you become an ordinary citizen, an ordinary person. You know, maybe one moment your phone was ringing. 24 hours, people are looking for you, sending you messages, they need your attention, they need you here, they need you there. Then when the position goes, what happens? <laughs> My friend, I mean, you even wonder whether, whether, whether Safaricom has cut you off. Yes. You know, you wonder whether your mobile provider has cut you off. <laughs> that, bad. How come nobody calls you? I mean, my phone doesn't ring anymore. Yes. But you see, it's because people are responding to, to, to your position, position, not to you. And we have to learn to differentiate. Sometimes you will get friends, not because of because they love Kissinger, mm. but sometimes it's because of the favors you do for them, because of the money you have, the, the favors you can, you can give, give to them. You know, but when you're in, you're in a position where you're not able to do those things, what happens? People disappear. People take off. People run away, and, and it leaves you devastated. You know? But as I was just thinking also about this topic, pitfalls of a prideful heart, the person who's, uh, who, who came to my mind in the Bible, in the Old Testament, was Saul, eventually to become King Saul. King Saul, amazingly, he was a man who had so many advantages. In fact, let me, allow me just to read that scripture for you. Yes. You know, where we're introduced to King Saul, before he was actually King Saul. You know, but remember, he was going to be the first king of the nation of Israel after the nation had rejected uh, you know, God's, God's rulership through judges and one of you. So he said, no, we want to be like other people. We want to be like other nations. Give us a king. They demanded. And uh, Samuel had no choice, had no option. He had to get the people a king. So God sent Samuel to go and look for somebody who was going to become the first king. Now, this is how we introduced to Saul. Uh, first, first Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. There was, a, there was a Benjamite, a man of standing. No, notice. A man of standing whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphia of Benjamin. Now, he had a son named Saul, an impressive young man without equal among the Israelites, a head taller than any of the others. Notice, I mean, and then you go down, you go down that, that, same, same, uh, that same, same chapter, and you're given a, a bit more information. You're, we are told uh, in verse 20, uh, the second part, still talking about King Saul, and to whom is all the desire of Israel turned to, if not to you and all of your father's family. Notice, from the very beginning, this guy had so much advantage. 
He comes from a family that is well known. That's what we are told about. His father was a man of standing. I mean, he was an influential guy. So he had the right pedigree. All right. So, I mean, everything was lined up. In other words, this man was lined up for success. You know, he was the, eligible for success. You know, magazines in our time, uh, back in the day, yes. somebody will have the most eligible bachelor yes. or most eligible man to be successful, whatever. Saul was that kind of a man. We are told he came from the right pedigree. His father was a man of standing. He, you know, came obviously from the tribe of Benjamin, which was also a recognized uh, tribe among the nation of the tribes of Israel. Uh, and he was an impressive young man. You can actually fill in the blanks for yourself. He was impressive. In other words, he was, he, was, he was a guy who you wanted to meet. He was impressive. I'm sure he had a very good IQ. You know, he was a sharp guy. But then he was also a head taller than any of the others. In other words, the guy had the height also. Mm. He had the physical stature. Then, of course, the, the final part there that I just read in verse 20, that the, uh, the, the, the desire of the nation was turned towards him and his family. You know, the guy had charisma. So imagine, I mean, what could go wrong? This guy had it. <laughs> yes. You know, right pedigree, uh, you know, head uh, and shoulders taller than anybody else. He's impressive. He has charisma. I mean, he's a guy who people just easily fell in love with. And everything. And then, guess what? He is anointed by God. It doesn't get better than that. Mm -hmm. To be the first king over the nation of Israel. He's positioned to succeed, not to fail. God is on his side. The whole nation is rejoicing. They are, they are on his side. You know, uh, as a person, he has whatever it takes to actually succeed. Unfortunately, the downfall of Saul, and he started off well. If you read the story, he seemed to start off well. You know, in fact, initially, he seemed to be a bit shy. You know, and even when some people had uh, tried to uh, attack him and, and, and say, no, he cannot rule over us. When he became king, uh, and he was, some people tried to push him to, to avenge, you know, he said, no, no, we are not going to avenge. We are not going to revenge, you know, uh, against anybody. You know, so he started off very, very well, uh, but he was a bit shy. You can, you know, at the beginning, you can see some bit of humility, you know, glimpses of humility, you know, just coming to the fore. But I guess as he moved along, as he, as he continued along, something seemed to have happened to him. He lost the plot. He completely lost it. One of the things about Saul, you will never see him anywhere praying, all right? I mean, for some reason, you know, he's a king of Israel, but hardly do you see anything recorded about him, about him praying, you know, or seeking the face of the Lord, or, you know. In fact, the worst is that you find him going to consult the, a witch, yes. you know, for direction, you know. Uh, then the man would arrogate himself certain responsibilities. Like the, you know, remember when he, he came to sacrifice, instead yes. of waiting for, 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 for Samuel, Samuel to actually come and sacrifice, yes. he arrogates himself certain, certain things which God had not actually called him to, to, to actually do. You know, and, 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 and you find this guy, uh, even when he's corrected by Samuel, you don't find him repenting. You don't find him going on his knees. No. Uh, and then and, and really repenting. He was actually more concerned about his own personal image. You know, if you read his story through and through and some of the incidences, you realize he was more concerned about his own image, how he looked you know, in front of the people. In fact, at one point, even when Samuel had rebuked him, the guy held on to the robe of Samuel, saying, you know, please bless me in front of the people, you know, so that I can look good in front of them. Instead of repenting, you know. And eventually, eventually that pride, that arrogance became his downfall. 
In fact, the Bible also says, if I can just read, uh, just a few verses down the line. He didn't even last very long, but just a few verses down the uh, chapters down the line in First Samuel chapter fifteen. Now we we, we are told, and of course now. Uh, Samuel has to come and really confront him about his arrogance and his behavior. In fact, Samuel tells him, uh, tells him, rebellion is like the sin of divination. In other words, you know, you become so arrogant, you become so prideful that that uh, it's actually rebellion. He said, and Samuel tells him, listen, rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you as king. Notice. So, so, so God judges Saul and tells him, and, he's, and God actually points out, this is your problem. Your problem is pride. you're proud, you're arrogant. And your pride has, has caused you to stop honoring God, has caused you to stop praying to God, has caused you to stop uh, consulting the word of God. You want to run the show by yourself. You want to do things by yourself. You think you're all that. You think you're great. You think you have what it takes. So because you have rejected me, that's what God told him. I have also rejected you as king. Not as a person, but as king. So this guy who was, who was positioned to, to, to be something, to be powerful, to be great, suddenly he's going to be a nobody. In fact, he died a miserable death. You know, eventually, out of all this, and I think did he commit suicide? I think yeah. You know, the commentators say you know that uh, he committed suicide. It's really not clear exactly because they say he fell on his own sword. Yes. It's usually not very clear because you remember there was an Amalekite who yes. came yeah. to tell David that he's the one who killed him. Yes. You know, so sometimes commentators don't know exactly whether he committed. So, but we all we know is that he was a disaster. Mm. His own son died. Actually, the death of his own son was his was as a result of his arrogance. You know, if you read the story, we may not have time to look at that, but his, the death of his own son was as a result of this, some of the choices that he actually made. And he, he, he led the nation to defeat after defeat. I mean, because of his pride, and he would not seek God. He would not humble himself before God. He was too proud. Now, here is my, here is my point, Kissinger, that... Sometimes God positions us as men, gives us amazing abilities, gifts, talents, good education. He, he even maybe makes way for you, makes ways for you. You end up in good position and what have you, and the future is looking very bright. But I'll tell you one thing, that just like Saul, too many men end up in the pitfalls of pride and arrogance. What could have been then eventually becomes nothing. This guy could have been something. But then you, you should circuit your own success, you should circuit your own destiny because of pride and arrogance. Because suddenly, you who, in fact, Samuel at some point reminds Saul, at one point you were even small in your own eyes. You didn't even, you were nothing. God has lifted you up. But then here you are now, you think you're all that. Because as men, this is what happens. And all of us are vulnerable as men. If today I am a CEO somewhere, or a cabinet minister, or maybe a member of, or maybe I've succeeded financially, I'm, I'm a millionaire, even a billionaire, you know, or I mean, and, and, and I'm powerful, my name means something, my signature is powerful, and what of it is so easy, Kissinger, for me to actually begin thinking, I don't need God. And that is where the problem comes in. So many men who started off well, and I know a few, I'll tell you that, who start off well, these guys were, they came from maybe a very poor, poor place, but 
slowly God lifted them up, gave them a good education, gave them position, gave them power, gave them wealth. These were people, while they were in school, they were in CU, they were even chair, chairmen of CU, secretary of the CU. They were there going for missions in the Lord, they were in Turkana, everywhere when they were young. Now God has blessed them, God has lifted them up, now God has given them uh, a good job, maybe even a good family. Now they look good. Guess what happens? Pride. They don't even, yeah, pride comes in. Mm. No time for, for, for family, no time for church, no time for God, no time for the things of God. Suddenly all these things, the things of God and what of you, to them, they become very secondary and, uh, you know, let other people do it. I did that when I was a young man. Uh, you notice their conversations change, the way they talk changes. You know, they, now they even begin frequenting certain places that initially they would never frequent. You know, they begin having uh, little sideshows with little girls and all. Because power has a way of making you think or feeling like you're, you're indestructible. You know, that you're, 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 you're powerful, that you can do anything and get away with it. But usually, remember, pr uh, pride always comes before a fall. Eventually, that empire comes crumbling down. Crumbling. Yes. You can even lose your family. Your wife walks away from you. Your children have nothing to do with you. Those friends that you thought were with you, my friend, when they decide to take off, they take off. But at that particular moment, you find most many men can't handle that because then depression comes in. You become depressed because you're wondering what happened to me. So now you're trying to scramble to hold on to what used to be. You know, because everything is, seems to be falling between the cracks. But what you don't realize is that it is the pride that you, that you allowed into your heart that is now, this is actually the day of reckoning. Because that season always comes. That time always comes. And one has to always be careful. As the Lord blesses you, be very careful. Let me point this out before maybe we discuss a bit more. If you look at the record of soul, what we know about soul, and the record of David, David who took over from him. It's actually very interesting. You will find that if you were to compare the two from a human perspective, you will actually uh, find that David was, would appear more of a failure than Saul because we know more about David's mess and yes. sins and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff yes. than we know about Saul. Saul was not a womanizer. No. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. I mean, the guy seemed like he had it all together. Mm. David, on the other hand, the guy was a womanizer. Mm. All right? And when you look at David's scenes that are recorded for us, you will actually be, even begin wondering, how on earth is this man uh, a, man <laughs> a man after God's heart? Yeah. You, yes. you will actually disqualify from, yeah. from a human perspective. But remember what I said, again, still written in that scripture, that God does not look at the outward. God looks at the heart of man. Yes. We look at the outward, but God looks at the heart. What is it that distinguished David? This man who we, well, had so many issues, really, really difficult issues, and is a man also, all right? What is it that distinguished him from Saul that actually made David succeed eventually and made Saul be rejected by God? It was simply that David was a man who put his ego, his pride, under check. That is simply the big difference. David knew he was a mess. And as a result, you know what? He will always throw himself, you know, in the presence of the Lord. When, you, when a sin was pointed out to him, remember like with Nathan after yes. he, had, he had messed up, the man, you know what? He, he threw himself at the feet of the Lord. He, he had a way of, of just throwing himself at the feet of Christ.
you know, always crying to God for forgiveness, for mercy. You read the Psalms, for instance. Many of the Psalms that David wrote, many of them were, were laments. You will be lamenting before God. And some, many of them, of course, worship and what have you. David uh, was a man who kept his pride and ego under check. He knew how to control it. He knew he was a mess. He knew he was not perfect, but he knew how to, to, to control it. And as a result, God exalted him, elevated him. You notice David was a, when he was in trouble, many times when he was in trouble, what would he do? He would seek the face of the Lord. Should I go after the enemy or not? Or not yes. Uh, when, he, when people turned against him, the guy would encourage himself in the Lord, his God. I mean, and, and, and the, there was just something about him that was very different. You don't see pride in his life. No wonder David became the man that he was. And Saul failed, not because David was better than Saul, but simply because Saul refused to keep his pride and arrogance in check. The, we identified Moses, just talking about Moses for yes. a while. Moses is actually identified as the most, as the meekest man who ever lived. You know, uh, and no wonder Moses also was a man who was greatly used by God. The man, and by the way, again, Moses was not perfect. The guy had temper issues. He had his own he issues. He was a murderer. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> yeah, he had. Even at the family front, he had issues. Yes. You remember when he refused to circumcise his own son, mm. you know? And he, 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 he had his own struggles, many, many struggles, if you, if you look at his story. But the thing about him is he was also a man of hum, deep humility. He lived to be 120 years. And the Bible tells us uh, that, uh, that even at 120 years, his eyes were not dim. You know, he still saw the promised land, you know, at 120 years mm. at, uh, on Mount Pisgah, you know, yes. just over, over Israel. And God took him up there, and then he saw the land, and then he, he rested. He died on that, on that mountain. You know, that this man walked so closely, God would speak to him as a friend because of his deep, deep humility. Yet, Moses did not start well. Mm. You remember, he started off also very yes. proud and arrogant in, 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 uh, in Pharaoh's court. Yes. You know, and the guy, out of that arrogance, he thought he was somebody. Until God took him through a season of, of, of humiliation. Forty years in the wilderness looking after sheep. Can you imagine? That's long. Forty years. That's long. His first 40 years he spent in Pharaoh's court as a prince, being taught to be somebody for 40 years. The second 40 years after he killed a man, he, he, he spent them in the wilderness being taught to be nothing. Remember, first 40 years, being taught to be somebody. Yes. Next 40 years, being taught to be a nobody. Yes. Humiliation completely. Mm -hmm. So that he would spend the last 40 years of his life leading God's people. Right? And that's how God works with us. If you're a man of humility, God can use you. God can work with you. But if you allow that pride to keep growing and growing and growing in your heart, always remember this, Pride always comes before fall. You know that somebody is, 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 uh, is a man of humility, that no matter what they get in this life, no matter the positions, no matter the, 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 the opportunities to be proud, that that person still has his feet on the ground. This person is not shy to pray. This person is not shy to identify themselves with Christ. This person is not shy to still belong to the fellowship of believers. Those are the things that keep us in check. You know, that God still becomes a priority. Yes, I'm a billionaire, but God is still a priority. Yes, I may, I may, I may be, ha, ha, have a huge position, 
but I still confess Christ. Even in front of multitudes, I can still say, no, me, I'm still born again. That is humility. Wow. Yeah. You know, Rev, hearing you paint that picture is a bit scary. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. You started by saying that God resists yes, the proud. proud, but gives grace to the humble. Because I'm thinking, is I thought you were praying for God to intervene, yeah. but it's God is resisting Resist. you, actually. He's, he's, I want nothing to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit scary. It is. Scary. Is that the same story with Lucifer? Yes. <laughs> yes, because of his pride. Yeah. And maybe that is why we, uh, we struggle with pride, mm. because that was the primary sin okay. where Lucifer is concerned. Mm. And that's what got him kicked out of heaven. Mm. He was a chief musician in heaven. He was, a, he was a star angel in heaven. But because he somehow, for whatever reason, he wanted to be like God. And he wanted to arrogate himself that position, you know, forgot who he was. He was a, 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 a privileged angel. But because of that, he had to be kicked out of heaven. You know, and, and, and maybe that is why we are so easily tempted with, by, by, by pride. Because that was the, the primary thing. Because and the enemy knows if I can... If I can uh, get you to that place of arrogance long enough, he knows that you're on your way down. <laughs> yeah. He knows that you're actually uh, just on your way to that next pitfall. You're coming. Thing. Mm. It doesn't always end, have to end up there. No. At whatever point, as the Lord speaks to you, you can always uh, lay down your armor and say, Lord, forgive me. I have sinned. Mm. Yeah. Well, what about Nebuchadnezzar? Yes, I'm seven, told you he went eating grass for yes. <laughs> was it seven, seven years. years. Yes, yes. You remember Nebuchadnezzar yes. thought he was something great. Mm. And he comes and looks at Babylon and, uh, you know, the hanging gardens of Babylon. And the guy thought, man, this has got to be me. This, look at all this. Look at what I've done. You know, and uh, God had to teach him, and, the, and not just him, but the people a lesson. And the guy was humiliated for the next seven years. He was in a place of humility. I mean, where you, I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. Where you're eating grass, like, 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 a, like cow. a cow. I mean, really. And you're, you're, you're a man. And you're you know, for seven years, everybody can see you. And everybody, everybody calling everybody, come and see the great, you know, the great Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, come and see what he's doing. I mean, when you, the day you rise out of that grass, I don't think you can, you can play around with arrogance no. again after that. After that. Yeah, and, 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 and maybe it's also important for us to point out that sometimes God will allow us, especially as men, to go through those humiliating seasons. Not to destroy us, you know, but, but to redeem us, basically. Because he wants more out of you, but he knows he cannot achieve that more out of you if you are a man of pride. Because you're going to take the glory that is due to him, you will take it upon yourself. You say, I'm the one who did this. You know, I'm the one, this is my work, this is the, my handiwork. You know, so sometimes God will allow situations that can be very humiliating. Sometimes you will lose your job, can be very humiliating. Sometimes you can lose your health, can be very humiliating. Sometimes you can lose money, you can lose position. You know, you, you can, it's very easy to find yourself going through a, a season. But remember, it's a season, Kissinger. Yes. Of deep humiliation. In those moments, it's not time to be angry or trying to get it done by yourself. That, those are the times you... You, you have to go into a time of introspection. Into a time, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Allow God to deal with your heart. And when, because when he deals with your heart, he will bring you out of that, that season of humiliation. And then he can be able to do more with you than he was able to do previously. You know, Reverend, I like the string of hope that you mentioned. Yeah. That actually the end or the yeah. cure of pride itself. Yeah. 
Yes. If I come to a place of humility and say, look, exactly. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, help me out. Help me out. Then yeah. that changes. It, it changes the, the grass. <laughs> yes. It changes the whole trajectory. Yes. And what is amazing to me is that God is always out for our good. And he's always seeking to do uh, great things with us. You know, he does not reject us forever. So even when the Bible says that he resists the proud, it doesn't mean that you're rejected forever. No, no. it doesn't really mean that. Mm -hmm. It just means that in that season where you've allowed yourself to be pride, prideful, that he can't use you. You know, he, he, that's the time he will resist you. But if you come to a place of, of, of where self-humiliation yourself, where you come to a place of, 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 uh, of asking for, for forgiveness, repentance, and deeply doing so, then he can actually be able to, re to raise you up again and be able to use you again. I really believe, in this story of King Saul, I really believe that Saul could have been the, the, one of the greatest kings of the nation of Israel. You know, I don't believe that God was putting him in that position so that he can bring him down. No, no, no. The man had an opportunity. He didn't take it. He missed it big time. Not because he didn't know. He knew. But he chose not to heed to the voice of God. And I think that's where the problem is with us, where we refuse to heed to the voice of God. Let me, let me say, put it this way. Kissinger, all of us, most of us, if not all of us, came from a very difficult place. You know, none of us, even the Apostle Paul says, none of us came from royalty, none of us came from big names, we didn't have maybe even the, the, the you know, good pedigree and what have you. But when you look at where you are now, it is only God who could have brought you there. You, you get what I mean? And I think it's always important for us, especially as men, to always remember, to always, rem to always know and be very conscious that who I am today, where I am today, that if today I even have a little money in my bank account, I can be able to pay for a house, I can be able to do a few things in my life. It's not because that I'm so hardworking. Let's be honest. And I'm not saying hard work is not, is, it's important. But there are many other people who work even harder than us, isn't it? And may they, not, may they not even be as blessed as we are, isn't it? But somehow, God lifts you. So for me, I must always remind myself, this is the Lord. Well, where I am, this is the Lord. I want to ask you, I know time is yes, yes. moving fast, yeah. but allow me to ask you two questions. Mm. Number one is what feeds into, into, into this pride? What fans it? Yeah. Because I'm thinking, you know, you've just painted a beautiful picture of King Sola. Yeah. I mean, you're handsome, you're taller than everybody yeah. else. Yeah. But what really feeds into that pride? Yeah. And number two then, what, how do I cure it? Yeah. So that I know that, look, I'm getting proud, yeah. I have this advantage, yeah. but then I need to be careful when yeah. I see one, two, three, yeah. so that I don't get in that position you're talking about where God is resisting me, yes. where I'm beginning to start my downfall. Yes, yes. I think the thing that feeds it, first and foremost, I think we've discovered, you know, this is something that Lucifer tries, the enemy, yes. tries to start up in our hearts. I think every one of us is, is tempted with pride. So it's not unique to any one, one person or any one particular people group. Everybody is tempted with pride because that is the enemy's primary weapon and primary temptation. Okay. If, he can get, if he can hook my soul, then he knows he's got me. All right? The rest is just a matter of time. But, so, but once I, I am hooked up in that, and understanding that it's actually a temptation that I have to guard against, is the moment I, I lose sight. I lose sight of God in my life. Where God no longer plays the central role in my life. You know, and where now the focus is more on me, myself, 
and I. Where now the things I should have credited to God, I begin crediting them to me. You know, let me tell you. For example, if today you have a million dollars in your account. Ha! I won't be here. Yeah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because... Flying the country yes, telling you guys... you will be... Reverend, yes. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy, blah, blah. You become busy and what of you. And And another problem, the problem yeah. is not a million dollars. No. All right? But the problem is just the problem of the soul. It's problem of the heart. Because suddenly, I don't pray as much as I used to. Yes. Uh, there are things that now come a bit easier and what of you. So what happens is that it's very easy for me to lose focus. And now the focus is on me, on what I have, on my power, on the, on the, on the things that God has given me. And I begin putting my faith in those things. Uh -huh. And I have lost sight of the Father. Wow. Then I begin, uh, and, and you know you begin losing sight of God when your priorities begin to change. Yes. Suddenly, the things of God do not take a priority. The God's word, meditation in God's word is no longer a priority. Coming to church, oh, well, if, if I don't have anything else to do, I'll come. Um, you know, or I'll find, I'll look for, for time. You know, the things of God no longer take a priority in your life. You used to be passionate about certain things. You used to be passionate about praying. You used to be passionate about, about visiting the sick in hospital. You used to be passionate about going for missions. You used to be passionate about so many things, the things of God and what of you, maybe supporting missions and stuff. Suddenly, they're no longer a priority. You know, then you know your heart is growing cold. Pride is actually beginning to, you know, to, to take over. You know, and you can actually be able to see, you can see you, your own personality begins to change. The way you relate with people begins to change. You know, uh, suddenly your clique of people definitely now changes and there are people who you feel now are way below <laughs> you. You cannot, have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever had the misfortune of, I, this guy was my friend <laughs> and maybe then he got into some big position or maybe he got elected yes. into some political office. And now when I call them, it doesn't pick your calls they anymore. Take oh. my call. Or they, they give it to some assistant somewhere. Yes. You know, that is pride. Mm. You know, that is pride. So how do I keep myself from going there? Yes. Of, in that direction? I think the first thing is that you must always keep the main thing, the main thing. Okay. And the main thing is, is that remember, it is God who brought you to that place. Just like Samuel reminded Saul, never forget that at one point you were even small in your own eyes. Right, that it is God, it is never forget God that it is He who has brought you to that place, it is He who has blessed you, and He has not blessed you for you, He has blessed you for His own purposes. His priority in your life is His purposes, not your comfort. Wow, all right. So, God is all these things will come, but they are to fulfill God's agenda. So, never forget God. There are certain things that are so basic that you should not turn away from things like prayer, fellowship, going to church, worship, all those things should always remain very core, very central in your life. The, the other thing I'll tell you is that uh, no matter who you are, no matter where you get to, uh, please be careful about who you begin to relate with. You know, because sometimes we begin to relate with other people because now we feel we're in a certain class. What we don't realize is that uh, the only reason you're fitting in that club now is because you have money, but those people really don't care about you. The people who truly care about you is your family. Yes. Is your wife, your children, your loved ones, those people you have grown up together with, you, you know, the church family. Those are your real friends. Those are your true relations. Never lose sight of that because those are the people who keep you grounded. Those are the people who keep you uh, at least a bit sober, you know, so that you don't think of yourself more highly than you really ought to. But also, I'll tell you, it's also important to have some confidence, uh -huh. spiritual confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have a pastor? In fact, I'll ask men. Men, do you have a pastor? Do you have the ability and the capability, uh, Kissinger, 
As a man, I know you're a man, to submit to another man in a spiritual manner. You know, where you, you know, and, and I think that was what, the other feeling of Saul. He refused to submit to the leadership of Samuel. Samuel, yes. You know, unlike David, when, when Nathan came to David and said, thou art the man, when he pointed out his sin, the man submitted very quickly. Mm. Is it possible? Because too many men will never submit to another man. To another man. They will not submit themselves in a pastoral relationship. And I want to challenge men, Kissinger. It is important to have a man who can speak to you, rebuke you, uh, someone who can speak into your life. Don't surround yourself with, uh, what are they called? Don't, don't, stop having a fan base or a fan club around you. Because men like that, people who just celebrate you, people who tell you how great you are, you know, you have to be very careful about those kind of, because they will flatter you and they will never tell you the truth. They will actually see you going, you're almost going over a cliff, but they can't tell you because maybe they intimidate because of what they get out of you. But a spiritual authority or, or, or a pastor will be able to tell you, Kissinger, uh, my, my friend, uh, what you're doing is not right. That decision you're making, the way you're treating your wife is not proper. You're neglecting your children, right? And you are able to submit to that. That is how you keep yourself on the straight and the narrow. It's not complicated. Yes. It can be done. Wow. I like the way you've said it's not complicated. Yes. Because Harvard, and I hope everybody's as hard. You've said, yeah. one, yeah. when you stop heeding yes. the voice of God, yes. then you begin to go get the right exactly. You've also said, if we stop focusing, yeah. seeing, yeah. then you begin to go the wrong way. Exactly. So, yeah. heeding, your heeding to God's voice, yes. keeping your focus. Keeping your focus, maintaining the right relationships, yes. uh, spiritual leadership, submitting to some spiritual leadership yes. of some, another man is very important for men. Yeah. Wow, powerful. Yeah. You know, Reverend, time. <laughs> and before I let you go, yeah. I, would, I know there are many men yes. in Adams who have really succeeded, and we celebrate them for the critics yes. they have. Yes. But we wouldn't want to see them come down because exactly. of pride. Yes. And I know many organizations as well also do come down because yeah. there are men who are leading those organizations. Exactly. And pride yeah. begins to take their place yes. and begin to see exactly. mighty is the fall. Yeah, exactly. Could you kindly pray for men? Yeah. that, and, and maybe possibly Eve's as well. Yes, yes. Who are in a place of success, yeah. or they're in the path of destiny, yes. that they can achieve so much. Yeah. You know, when I talk to you, Reverend, like this, I can't imagine what Lucifer could be yeah. if he wasn't proud. Yeah. I can't imagine yeah. what Saul could have ended up exactly. if he wasn't proud. Or King Uzziah, yeah. who died a leper, yeah. Yeah. but just allowed his pride to kill mm -hmm. his heart. Mm -hmm. And there are many other stories of men yes. who just go down because of, because of this pride. tiny thing that you've said. Yeah. Pride. It's resident in us, just yes. need to be yes. found, and there we go. Yeah. With yeah. a million dollars and boom. Exactly. <laughs> we are God. Please pray for such men. Yeah. Yeah. That God will help them, that yes. they will remain focused, they will yeah. hear God's voice, mm. they'll keep the right relationships, yes. and that they will continue to grow and grow and become stronger and stronger yeah. and greater and greater. Yes. And also pray for other people who could just have the effect yeah. of having been around, I mean, rounding, I mean, staying with these great men yeah. who have their path of destiny so clear, yes. Yes. but just yes. having that pitfall. Yes. Sitting yes. somewhere like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like a bump, just waiting yeah. to be hit. Yeah. Yeah. Could you kindly? Father, you just want to thank you for men and, uh, and maybe even other ladies who are out there, Lord, and who have heard this word, heard this message. And Father, we know you're speaking, to, we, you're speaking to your people even right now. Because, Lord, your plans for our lives, your plans are not to destroy us, mm. but they're good plans, plans to bring us to a place of destiny, a place of influence, 
a place, Lord, where we can carry the kingdom agenda into where you are sending us, dear Father. But Lord, we know that many of us have been ensnared by a spirit of pride and arrogance. And uh, there are many, Lord, who are listening to me, and maybe, maybe some of them have even ended up destroying their own careers, destroying their own lives, destroying their own families because pride set in. Or there are others who uh, are on the pinnacle of success, yet they have allowed pride to come into their heart. And it's just a matter of time, dear Lord. I pray anyone, Lord, who is uh, listening to this prayer, at uh, whatever point they are, would you minister to them, would you help them, so that none of them will fall by the wayside. Lord, dear Father, those who maybe have... Uh, crashed in one way or the other and yet now they're wondering where is God and maybe their hearts are full of bitterness and maybe they're full of confusion, would you minister to them? Will you, would you restore them back to yourself, Jehovah? Father, would you bring them to a place where again they can flourish, again they can prosper in the name of Jesus? Help us, every one of us, to be people who are responsible, to be people, dear Father, who heed the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be people, dear Father, who guard against the spirit of pride and arrogance in our hearts. So I thank you, Father. Thank you for this discussion. Would you continue ministering to your people even long after this program, dear Father, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Wow. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much, Reverend. And before we let you go, yeah. please speak to a man. Yeah. Because I, I, I think there's something that you mentioned that is so profound. Yeah. All of us yeah. are facing the pitfall of pride. Yes. yes Just yes. the right environment, yeah. and boom. Yeah. 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 So none of us can say, yeah. I'm exempt. Let's speak to them. Sure. So for all the men who are out there, I think you've heard, and I know that you know, God is speaking to you. Uh, but let me even begin by saying this, that do not allow pride to rob you of this moment and even to rob you of the, of the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because as a man, I, can, I know that sometimes when maybe a word is touching the very nerve or really coming to where it really matters, sometimes we resist it, especially as men. Because you're thinking, you know, that I, I, who, does it think, who, do, who do those people think they are talking to me like that? Please don't allow the, you know, pride and arrogance to bring you to a place where you even resist the word of God like King Saul. Open your heart and allow God to speak to you. He has good plans for you, but arrogance and pride will destroy you. It will destroy your family. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your career. It will destroy your business if you're not careful. But that's not God's purpose for you. God's purpose is to cause you to flourish, to prosper, and to be everything that is desires you know, for you to be. So what you need to do at whatever point you are, please take heed to some of those things we have said. Number one, please keep listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Be a man of prayer. Be a man who goes to worship regularly, especially in a church. Be a man who is under spiritual authority somewhere. Be a man who is also attached to your family. And find men around you, men who are mature spiritually and men who can also hold you accountable. And may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, and may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reverend. We've been speaking to Reverend Jesse Mwai, a senior pastor at Buruburu, and also a judge, in case you've been watching uh, the RAF, the Youth Transformation Program. The RAF is also a judge, and he's, he'd be a great person to listen to and to watch. And we've discussed a powerful topic today, the, the pride and making sure our hearts are right with God. We know that you are in, in your path of great destiny. We wish you well. Achieve it. Go and go for it. Be the best that God has called you to do. And let this little thing called pride take you away from your destiny. 
So I want to wish you a beautiful week. And remember, this is the only station that you can look and leave. And this is the only station that you can listen and leave. Have a great week and God bless you. I've been your host, Kesi Jaki Protich.